This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the way. We want it men. pretty killer interview with Jordan uh, a couple of weeks ago and we ended up having to splice it up and uh, you guys are going to hear the second part of that interview today. Uh, Jason, you got, how you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited about everyone listening to the second part because this is the reason why we had Jordan on in the first place to kind of talk modern collecting. We hinted at it uh, during that first episode, but then we got sidetracked with um, uh, Disney's recent windfall of money. <laughs> and the 5k for the star cruiser but yeah it just yes. it, it, it's funny we actually debated having a disney podcast for a minute because it's like we get uh sidetracked by disney the three of us do and we all complain about it and as much as we love it we complain about it just like everything but uh you know i think there's some really killer insights you jason had had some killer insights on hasbro pulse and uh it just kind of goes from there and and you feel uh Jordan's pain of being a modern collector and how he, you know, justifies spending the money and, you know, what, what he looks for and fills the gaps, I guess, in his collection and then collecting um, as far as that goes. Yeah. And I think we really highlight that Marvel legends, kind of like we talked last week where they had four live streams, Marvel legends is kind of taken the, the crown as far as the king of action figures at Hasbro. Yeah. unfortunately well that's i think where their money is and uh, i think we've come up with at least a decent you know we think lucasfilm's got hasbro by the neck and you know they they rule lucasfilm i mean rule hasbro and uh marvel legends may not be as as uh forgiving or maybe maybe more forgiving sorry uh, because you know lucasfilm's a juggernaut and marvel kind of i think is but they just don't care because maybe they're just happy to have a toy line whereas lucasfilm is like i can take this anywhere right and uh, right, right there's a line of action figure creator companies that are just waiting for hasbro to drop that license and i think what diamond select now has like a nine inch line or an eight inch line so it's just like every inch a figure some company i'm sure is just trying to grab their trying to get that and um yeah well yeah. isn't is like mattel just got something and i'm trying to think at the top of my head and, and it's not good on a sunday morning to try to think at the top of my head i should have notes on this but mattel just got the star wars line for their cars and then they were producing dolls and in response to that um hasbro was releasing what is that what the mission series is in response to can't remember but yeah so 
there's other companies out there waiting to grab that line and they'll do anything they can. So it's just, it's, it is what it is. I guess Marvel is king of action figures right now. Yeah. Like Jordan said, they rule 80% of my childhood or own 80% of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, with that here's Jordan. But there's this gentleman on uh, YouTube. His name is, can't remember his real name is channel specter creative he used to work on the masters of the universe line he was the marketing director for masters of the universe mm-hmm. for the longest time and he had a, a recent episode about hazlab which changed my mind about what hazlab is mm-hmm. have you ever part- you haven't participated i've never backed anything um i the only thing that i remotely wanted was the unicron but i wasn't about to throw six hundos at it right so he was saying that HasLab is actually more of a PR campaign than it is a Kickstarter program because the Rancor was released at one of the celebrations and everyone's like, oh, that's a cool Rancor. Mm-hmm. And they spent so much time talking up the Rancor and it was just like, you're putting a lot of effort into this PR for the Rancor. And then it never came. And it was shortly after Cookie Monster was part of the HasLab. Right. And that failed. That was the only one that hasn't been funded, right? Right. And so, and, and ha- um, Unicron was almost a failure. Yeah, but they extended it they out. They extended it out. It I have a feeling, fail. yeah, I, well, I also feel that the same way about Galactus. I have a feeling that if it doesn't reach, they're going to extend the date by... Well, they want like 14000 back. $14,400. 14, yeah, that's a lot. So that's more of a PR tool because the, the sale barge, Katana, was only 5000 mm-hmm. at... 500 bucks mm-hmm. and that's closest to that kickstarter range so now they're using it as a way to increase the talk around mm-hmm. these modern lines and and i just think that galactus is just an insane amount of ask mm-hmm. basically so i was just curious what your thoughts were if that's I, accurate i know i i mean i feel like you and i are kind of on the same page for that like it and it's you're not the only person that i've talked to that mentioned the amount of backers like my buddies that uh, go on toy hunts with me they're big marvel legends guys too and that's the first thing that they pointed out and like i didn't even notice it at first but like like, yeah the sentinel was 50 dollars less it was a 349 but it was 5,000 backers and it got backed in like two days like we know that hasbro has the money to throw at those big things like i like i think you're right i I think you're absolutely right of it being a pr campaign yeah um but you know, if you if you can up that from five thousand backers to what what is it fourteen thousand or fifteen thousand yeah, backers, yeah. if we can just add ten thousand more people, then that's ten thousand more people that are paying us four hundred dollars, right? And so I yeah I just I don't know it's it's nuts I I definitely think that they could have more successful has labs if they kept it like let's let's. Let's break that difference down. Like, let's say, eight thousand backers, maybe even nine thousand. Ten thousand, I think, is probably pushing it. That that would be your absolute max. But fourteen, fifteen—that's just way too much, I think. Mm-hmm. What was the backers for Razor Crest? I don't. It's. I want to say ten and twelve. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but they hit what twenty six. Well, and also remember, like. David said, I think they had a lot of people with the success of the, how 
much the sale bars were selling on the secondary market, mm -hmm. you had a lot of people buy multiples because it was mm -hmm. only like 300 bucks. Yeah, they think it was an investment. 350 And the other thing with the Razorcrest is Yak Face was just like, it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. But I think Hasbro looked at it and said, well, we don't want to lose money. We don't want this to be clearance on Target and Walmart right. shelves because it is a big ask. We want people to be committed. And so they threw it up there. The Cookie, Cookie Monster failed. So they decided we're going to hold off on the Rancor until the time is right where we feel more confident that HasLab could be more successful. Well, also, I th the 40th anniversary of, of Return of the Jedi seems to be a pretty, pretty yeah. good time frame for that, too. I... You know, I've not backed anything, and I still regret not picking up that Wampa from you <laughs> a few months ago. That I'm, I'll probably, because that'll be, I just, I feel like it's a given that that's going to be part of the whole 40th anniversary campaign for these things. Like we're going to get all the repacks of the indoor figures and the for for the nice Black Series card backs. I'm probably going to throw down on on the Rancor specifically because it's the 40th anniversary stuff. Is it a price point thing? Maybe, yeah. I, I guess it. I, I would probably, I would say so, for sure. Like, because like, how much is the rank? Where you, where are we thinking it's going to be? I don't know. Like, but, I look at Galactus, and that's got some lighting to it. So mm -hmm. that's four hundred dollars. It's four hundred bucks, and it's thirty-two inches tall. And so, like, Rancor's less than that. Is that two fifty? Is that too little for? I don't know. I feel like I feel like two to two fifty would probably be that sweet spot because mm -hmm. the Rancor is not going to be as big as Galactus. No, like, right. the Rancor is probably going to be a Black Series size, so there's... I, about, I, I think it's about 18 inches, 20 inches in that range, right. that scale. Right. Okay. Yeah, I can I see mean, that. It would have to be to be scaled a Black Series figure. Or at least scale-ish. Like, right. obviously, you got to... Well, right. well, I mean, look at the TIE Fighter that came out. They were $160 for that TIE Fighter, and you could find it a year later at bargain hunt for 50 bucks that's true so would that have been a HasLab if that was available would they put it would they inflate the price because they can just put that right in their pocket that's direct to consumer if they were going to put lights and stuff in that and put electronics in that I could see them asking 200 at HasLab which Ra Razorcrest doesn't have but there's no lights there's or anything there's no lights or anything oh my god well, everybody was pretty convinced that at some point one of the tiers would be the uh, electronics mm -hmm. Stretch goal will probably be the what's his name, the Rancor keeper, Malakili. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what are some of the other stretch goals for that Black Series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could see them throwing that and throwing some figures in it. Because whenever are they going to re release that guy? Right, with the Rancor. With the Rancor. Because he'd be a peg warmer. Mm -hmm. Right. He'd be the 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 new grief car guy. <laughs> right, and, and who was it when we talked to Matthew about the minifigs? They were purposely, you know, putting minifigs with specific figure with specific ships, so people would buy the ship but get the minifig out and sell the ship. Yeah. Because people were collecting minifigs, so I can see them doing that with the Rancor keeper mm -hmm. and the Rancor. I wonder how much of it also has to do with the other HasLab projects that might be coming up. Right, because obvious, like everything is gonna get a Haslab project. Like Marvel's already had two, mm -hmm. uh, Star Wars has had two. They're gonna going on three. Transformers has had one, but they're about to have a second because they had announced uh, that they're going to do a second one at some point very soon. I think it's gonna be more in depth during like PulseCon uh, in a month or so. They're probably gonna talk about it. Wow. But 
Let's like look at all the other properties though. Like they have GI Joe. Mm -hmm. What's what's the GI Joe Hazlab gonna be? The what's flag. The fl <laughs> <That's not happening. laughs> it's either gonna be the flag or the Terror Dome or the space shuttle. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget what the space shuttle was called. Um, A six-inch version. For classified, yeah. Wow. They better. <laughs> My God. Considering you considering how that how frustrating yeah. that entire line has been to, to collect over the last year, mm -hmm. they they better throw GI Joe collectors a bone. I don't understand why that's so difficult. That's their property. That's not like they're paying extra for something. Is right. It, it's got to be store shelves. I mean, Toys R Us is gone. Right. So we're competing for three or four aisles. There's what two aisles for boys' toys and yeah. Some of it's Disney. Some of it's cars and automobiles so it's really just that one aisle mm -hmm. I, and again I have zero insider like I'm not a I'm not an action are, figure so. marketer so like the only thing that I could think of is that whenever whenever these figures came out in the summer of 2020 they didn't expect the property to like they didn't expect the interest to be there as much as it was and then they had a good solid run of like a month and a half of you being able to find these figures and then nothing for almost five, six, seven months, and then the stuff that trickled out after that. And again, pandemic issues, shipping issues, et cetera, et cetera, ended up being exclusives. And then those got snaked up by a lot of you know scalpers and whatnot and resellers, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like that specific toy line from Hasbro has just had a black cloud over it. But I will, I will say that the last couple of months, what I've been noticing is that Hasbro has acknowledged it and they've been producing more. Like, they reissued that Wave 1 with some redecos. The Wave 2 was a little easier to find. All of those exclusives that went, popped up on Target for a second and a half, they've now been reissuing. And they've also started to do the... Or Hasbro Pulse has been doing the, the uh, exclusive partnership where you can get some of the exclusives on Pulse now, too. So... I feel like Hasbro's at least acknowledging that and trying to make it better for the collectors of that line. But man, I I thought about dipping my toe into G.I. Joe Classified and I'm just seeing the frustrations with it and I'm like, I'm glad I stayed away from that one. And that's the six inch shows? Yeah. But again, they also have Ghostbusters. So what is a Ghostbusters Hads Lab gonna look like? If they do one. Oh my gosh. Right? Yeah. So and then they've they've got tons of other properties that aren't you know they've got the wizards of the coast property so they've been doing like dungeons and dragons figures and they or they can if they wanted to they which did is the hero quest board yeah. game has lab no that's true i forgot about that yeah. board game that's true which got funded pretty pretty, pretty easily quickly. too yeah. if i remember yeah. yeah now that you say something um but they also have my little pony which they're not really doing much but that was what 150 the, the hero quest the Hero Quest board mm. game I think was pretty cheap, so Hazlab can be from anywhere between one fifty to five hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I think that's the sweet range that they're looking for. But Man, five like again that Unicron was six hundred dollars. Right, so six hundred dollars, right. and that wasn't even counting the shipping. The shipping on that was another eighty dollars. Oh, it wasn't included. No, wow, wow. no, because with that with the sell barge it was. Oh man, no, Shipping this was included. No, this would because I I feel like uh, I whenever I looked at it, it was like another like seventy something bucks or eighty oh. bucks. Like it was, and it's it's a it's a huge chunk of figure. Like it's right. it's huge. I haven't heard much from that though. But it's, we're not transforming, we're not transforming guys. right? You're true. It's it's late. I'm it, tired. It's, it's <laughs> Transformers <laughs> is a different. Dude. It's a different animal. <coughs> 
just dealing with with the grading on because I've got a buddy that does grading, and he'll buy a seventy transformer and don't even think twice about it. And he's like, man, it's got a seventy. Mm-hmm. And in Star Wars, we're like seventies are junk. See, like I haven't even dipped my toe into like the graded stuff yet. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a little bit above my collecting pay grade at the moment. Right. But. Uh, but again, like I, I buy a lot of modern stuff and I open a lot of that stuff because I like to do the cool poses. Like I like to have the nice photographs and whatnot. So, um, but I, I haven't even. Yeah, that's that's a whole a beast. I haven't even attempted to look at slaying yet. If you had the money, would you get Sentinel? If I had the money, to ju- yeah, I would. You'd I would get the Sentinel for sure. Like yeah. I don't. I would probably pass on the Galactus just because the Fantastic Four and like that that whole stuff really wasn't my thing. But. I would love a solid Sentinel to have with my X-Men display. I think that would look pretty good. Okay. Did so. they... Which one... So Galactus is the newest... Is that yeah, that was the one that was... Currently going right yeah. now. Yeah. As Sentinel. of August 2021 when we're recording. Right. I also feel that, like, they don't... Like, they when they tell you or announce the, the HasLab stuff, like, you get, like, what, maybe a month? Yeah, that's the other issue. I'm like, man, like I feel like that's a big ask. Like, even if it's two hundred dollars, that's a big ask. And like, hey, can you give us two hundred dollars in three and a half weeks? I don't oh, know, yeah. maybe. Like, I just right. <laughs> that's that's been my biggest concern, uh, complaint about concerts. Mm-hmm. Is that, oh, we're coming and we're tickets go on sale tomorrow and they're two hundred dollars a piece. And you're like, what? You know, unless yeah. you know they're, you know, unless you have time. Or, yeah. You know, space on a credit card. That's a good point. Exactly. Because I, I know that uh, when, like, Unicron hit, like, that was, a, again, $600 charge. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of left in the dark for however long it takes the factories to produce everything. And it's got to go through all the QC, and it's yeah. got to... And then I think, because the, the Unicron was announced in the fall of 2019, people didn't get their figure until, like, April and May of this year. Wow. So, that was a lot. I'm a little upset with the precedent set by the, the sale barge where we were getting a booklet. We were getting basically quarterly updates. Mm-hmm. This is where we stand. We've got very little with the Razor Crest. There's not much going on, and we don't... Radio silence. It's that, just kind yeah. of frustrating. Mm-hmm. Do you, how much do you think is that shipping? Or, you know, the stuff, trying to get stuff from China or wherever they're producing it? I mean, yeah. Because I know just trying to buy anything right now is ridiculous. Well, that's why they're jacking up the prices on all their their stuff because the shipping costs are, you know, the, the consumer's going to eat the, the cost of shipping mm-hmm. things and the backing things up and how do you prioritize. Like, it's all going to be the consumer who's going to pay right. for it. Because, I mean, just looking for a, a case for, to how, you know, for my collection, four weeks. Four, actually, four months, people were telling me. That's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So how's that affecting just... What's your secrets, I guess? I mean, not secrets, but how are you battling all that as a modern collector? I, like, uh, patience is a virtue, I guess. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. And I feel like with me, like, I'm, I'm a... Because I collect a handful of different things... They're not always on the same schedule, so I at least feel like I'm collecting something when I'm waiting for the other thing that I'm collecting, which can be a blessing and a curse, too, right? Because it's like, hey, if I'm only collecting Star Wars, then I know I'm spending 120 on this run of Black Series, and then 
four months later I'm spending another but because I do the Marvel and because I do the Star Wars or the Transformers like I at least have something if not uh, something ready to go something that's going to come out very shortly before the next wave of the other thing right. comes out so it's uh, I it's it's both uh, keeps me entertained but you have to jump through some hoops for it too which is kind of annoying sometimes and how do you know as a modern collector because I'm all Star Wars. I'm all in on Star Wars. I collect. I keep. How do you know when to tap out? Like, you're uh, currently have the vintage collection up yeah. for sale. So, how do you assess? You know what? I'm done with this line. I'm out. So, what are some of the factors that go into that thought process? I I can't. I can only speak for myself. Exactly. So I, I can't. So so maybe you're going to help someone. So this is this is where I'm at. Like, and. I was also collecting those two different lines. Like, within Star Wars, I was doing Vintage Collection and, and Black Series. And I was collecting them both for two different reasons. Like, again, I loved the card, the Vintage card art on the Vintage Collection. But that was for the display. Like, I wasn't opening those. And, and I think at some point, I just have to look at all the stuff I have and say, what is the state of my collection? What have I been doing? What do I enjoy doing with my collection? And I, I jumped back into Black Series because I loved the likenesses, I loved the articulation, I loved the detail, and I loved the posing. And Again, all those get open and displayed on the shelf. And unfortunately, because I don't have the space for the vintage collection, like it ends up going up in a Rubbermaid tub, which yeah. sits in my closet because I don't have the space. And so I'm like, my thought process is I love having these. I love the vintage collection. But if I have to let something go, this is the one thing that I'm not getting the most joy out of at the moment because it's just sitting in a dark closet. Maybe at some point down the line, when my wife and I get a bigger house, I'll have that display area. Right now, it's not the case. And if I'm hoarding it, quote unquote, just for, you know, again, lack of a better phrase, if I'm hoarding it for myself, there's somebody out there that would enjoy this figure right now more than I'm enjoying it right now. And I... It's, it's a toy. It's meant for somebody to enjoy it, whether they open it up or whether they put it on display. Like Somebody will get more out of this figure than I am getting out of it right now. So that's kind of how I made my decision. Is that the same for the Transformers? Because I saw recently you posted maybe about four of them they were getting rid of. Uh, I So tr- this is kind of like where, where I mirror you in the frustration of repacks. It's because Transformers does the repack retool thing a lot. And then whenever I find a, a version of a figure or a character, I'm like, that's a pretty solid figure. Two waves down the line, they'll retool it, or three waves down the line, they'll retool it and makes it look better. I'm like, well, I kind of like this one better, so I'm going to get this one. I'll double dip, and then I'll sell the other one. And I think that that's just the constant struggle of just my personal Transformers collection. Because I've got buddies that collect Transformers, and they keep everything. And to me, I'm like, I don't need five copies of Ultra Magnus. I have I, I pick the one that I like the most and then if it replaces one then I don't mind selling that one off because I've got my joy from it from the time I had it. Yeah. So I know no, no I was, that's how I look at it. So when they repack the Transformer figure, what are the differences between A and B? Uh it's it's because with like stormtroopers, they might increase your know, articulation. They might add a ball joint or something like that. Right. So people might want to trade up because it gives them more posability. It. Uh, I think it. It depends on the character. It's a case by case basis. Like for example, uh, Transformers just did this trilogy. 
called The War for Cybertron. And the first part was called Siege, the second part was called Earthrise, the third part is called Kingdom. What is the trilogy? Is it a, a TV show? Yeah, so they, they did an animated series for it. Yeah, okay. and, and even then, like, they'll do, like, a trilogy of toy lines that tell the story as well. Uh, it just so happens that this particular trilogy had a, a cartoon to back it up. Um, and so they picked a handful of characters and said, all right, this is what the style is going to look like, this is what the story is going to be, make these figures. And a lot of the figures looked very, very close to the 1980s counterpart of the Generation 1 cartoon. And they looked great, and the, the quality on them were great, so a lot of people were like, hey, this is actually a pretty solid, as close to a G1 figure as we can get. So they would buy, you know, I myself uh, and a lot of other people would buy it, and that would be the representation of that character on the shelf. Like, that's the G1 character. And then, like, later on down the line in the trilogy, they'll be like, oh, well, now, since we're pivoting the story, we're going to take this one figure and we're going to retool it to make it look even closer to the G1. So, like, so they'll make the actual G1, like, the figure you've wanted for 30-plus years yeah. in the, a, a, new, a new form, or at least new modern articulation. So they'll take it, they'll retool it, and it's like, oh, cool, another 22 bucks for this one character that you spent 22 bucks on a year ago. Like, I can... I can totally get behind when it comes to Black Series. Dropping 20 bucks on each on a handful of Stormtroopers, right? Because that's the cool thing to army build. I'm a big clone trooper guy, so like I, I don't army buy army building figures often, but I do tend to buy one or two of like certain clone troopers. Um, but with with Transformers, it's a little different because it's like it becomes a closer representation of that one character that you liked from the 80s, and they've done that. At least one, two, three, four, five. At least ten to twelve times within the last three iterations of this one or this one trilogy. Yeah. So the other thing with Transformers, I'm curious. So with Star Wars vintage figures, those are like the hollowed crown. Those are the the creme of the creme. You know, if you have a vintage figure, that's for for some collectors. I don't want to mm-hmm. categorize it, but from the circles that I'm in. That's what people want. So is that the same with Transformers? Is it better to have a G1 than a, a modern remake of that? Or is it kind of comparable? People do not categorize them the same way as Star Wars. I feel it's all like what you're into, right? Yeah. Like, I grew up with the so G1 same. toys, and I have very fond memories of those toys. But if I, like, I'm, I would rather spend $20 or $25, let's say, on the modern representation of that because it's more poseable. I can get more, I guess, playability out of it for, for um, you know... Uh, but I I also... It depends on the collector. Again, I've got a buddy that buys tons of vintage Transformers, but he also buys a lot of the new stuff. Yeah. I tend to go for the new stuff because I think that's what looks cool on my shelf. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to get a, a hold of. Um, I would imagine like the, the chrome and stuff is better than the vintage version where it's kind of worn off over time. Right, right. Uh, you know, I have a couple of, of Generation 1 things only because I've got sentimental value locked up into it. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's a that's like a, a collector-to-collector thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that's perfect. I feel like I rambled on that answer. No, that's, no, that's <laughs> good. Well, think, go ahead. Well, they did the same thing with Star Wars with their retro figures mm-hmm. and I think we, we, it's a dividing line because you got the people that want the Leia 
but they're not going to spend $120 on a Leia, but they can go spend 12 and right. get a retro figure. Right. And then I think the last question I kind of had regarding modern collecting and with the Marvel line, they've been put, producing these, um, I don't know what you want to call them, they're villains, but they're more of the henchmen in a box. The army builder figures. Army, yeah, yeah, they're not doing that with Star Wars, which again, we were talking earlier about Marvel being the creme of the creme line mm-hmm. right now for Hasbro. Have you gotten any of those? What's the quality like? Do you think Star Wars would ever get something like that? I, yes. I, so I ended up throwing down on two of those. I got the AIM soldier, and then I got the Hellfire Club soldier. And, I mean, and to be honest, like, they're they're standard Marvel Legends figures. Like, I, I don't see any reason why they couldn't have released those as part of a line and charged the 20 or $22 for them. But I think... It, it's the fact that you aren't getting that nice display packaging because they it, they put it in a plastic bag and then put that plastic bag in a very a box. simple box, um, which is probably what keeps that cost down to like fifteen. And you know, and if they're selling it at fifteen, that's probably enticing you to buy two, maybe three, because if you're buying them exclusively through Hasbro Pulse, if you buy one, that's eight dollars shipping. If you buy two, that's probably six dollars shipping. But if you buy three free shipping because you're hitting that $40 mark at that point so I would like to see Star I feel that they would probably make a solid amount of money if they decided to do troopers that way I don't think we'll ever see it because I feel like a lot of collectors want that especially with the new box art that the Black Series stuff has I love the new box art and I've, I've thrown down on two of the elite troopers from Bad Batch and I've gotten three, I've been fortunate enough to get three of the Ahsoka troopers um, one of which I still haven't opened because like I I want to open it but I also kind of don't want to open it because yeah. <laughs> I have two others that are open I don't, but um, but if they had said hey we're, we're reissuing Ahsoka troopers they're going to be $16 in this box or $15 in a standard box, I I would probably buy way more. Well, I think the 501st that. Clone Trooper would be a perfect candidate for that because there's that one scene in Revenge of the Sith when Anakin's walking in and you have that whole army behind him. So mm-hmm. just think about that on a shelf. But they released that in the archive line. Mm-hmm. So it's a solid 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they're, if it's just like a we know that Star Wars people will pay this much. Yeah, like I, I wonder how much of that it, is, yeah. is, is, yep. is going. So, but I, you know, you were talking a, a handful of episodes ago about just like what's the point of the archive collection, yeah. and I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that because like if everything's going to get reboxed in the in in the new box art anyway, what what is even the point? What's the point anymore? at that? Yeah, and and I'm kind of along those same lines. I'm like, why don't you make the archive wave the army builder stuff, right? That's that's where your death troopers go. That's where your Tusken Raiders go. That's where your Jawas go. Like. That make that, and then, you know, like maybe you don't want to chart, or maybe maybe not twenty or twenty-two. Maybe it's sixteen or seventeen, right? So. No, I agree. No. I agree with that because I'd rather pay fifteen bucks for an Ahsoka trooper, or you saw what I did with it, Bo-Katan. I don't give a crap about right. box art. And it just so happens that like you know the the Ahsoka trooper was you know it specifically was a was a Walmart exclusive. I actually never saw one on the peg. All the three I have, I actually got from other people that had extras that I lucked out on. So, 
And how bad do you think scalping is in the modern? Uh, it can get. I think it can get pretty bad, especially like with the way collectibles had gone in the the era of COVID. You know, with with people beating each other up in the parking lot for Pokemon cards. Right. But, you know, like, I, I feel like a lot of that has trailed off for toys, and, you know, if you, if, especially if, you know, certain, certain targets and Walmarts where people work and they know that things are going to be sought after, might not even hit the peg. Right. Right? So, which is, which is very frustrating. I've, I've heard stories of people paying off Target employees. Yeah. I've, I've, I, my first job was at Town Center Mall. And I was at KB Toys at Town Center Mall. And every Friday we would get our trucks. And this was 99, 2000, 2001. So this is still like Todd McFarlane's Spawn was still a big thing. Marvel Legends wasn't even a thing yet. They were still like, Toy Biz was still around. Yeah. So people would come in every Friday wanting to see, like, because they know when we would get our shipments. And then they would like try to bribe us. And I'd be like, Sorry, man, I can't do it. Like, I I just work here. If I do that, I'm getting fired. Like, right. So, but it, it's it's happened. With, like the guys that that worked at the Toys R Us would shop at our store, and they would see like, yeah, people come in try to try to bribe us for stuff all the time. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's a, like a surefire way to not have a job the next day. I did that so. once. I worked at Toys R Us for two weeks doing overnights. Mm-hmm. My body just never adjusted to that. Yeah. But I was stocking shelves. It did basically baby stuff, but I did see they were stocking some of the Unleashed stuff. And uh, they had the Unleashed Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And so I took that off the peg, and I went to the baby section. And that's back when you could flip yep. over the top. I stuffed the, the Boba Fett up there. I closed it. And then I, I just feel bad saying it. But then, you know, they opened up the store because I was still there because I wanted to buy it. And I watched all the guys come in, and they looked at the pegs, and Boba Fett wasn't there. And I'm like... There, guys. And then yep. I went back and I grabbed it and I checked out and I felt bad. I waited for them to clear out before right. I bought it, but I uh, yeah, I once. I, I do think that there's there's a lot of probably a lot of uh, bribing. Not bri- yeah, like like a, hey, here's a fifty. Thanks for your thanks for your help there. Right. But, I know a guy during the age of COVID who lost his job, so he went to Target and he bought PS5s. Mm-hmm. And that was his job, and I think he did that with Pokemon too, reselling it, and mm-hmm. that's how he helped support himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. on you know, on, on cases like that, I can't be mad at people, like because at that point you're like, no, listen, I got to pay my bills, right, yeah. right, and I, 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 the way I think of, of these things, especially like the modern stuff, is like, yeah, it has a retail price point, but in the end, something's only worth how much somebody's willing to spend on it. Like, uh, a perfect example is the G.I. Joe Vipers that were Target exclusives. They're a $20 figure. A $20 retail figure. People were selling them on eBay for $100 more than that, if not more. And people were paying for it because they, at some point, they're just really hard to find. And But then I think a lot of people, like, became scalpers because they saw the the investment that they yeah. could have made. And I don't know any other person's struggle. It could like it could be another person like like that, right? Yeah. right? And I don't want to pass judgment on that, but I it's it's frustrating though. Like cuz you want the you want to you want to support the hobby. You want to have the stuff 
you know you want to support the the company because they will make more stuff that support your hobby but then when you have like a, a group of bad eggs like that that take advantage of it and sell it it's it's frustrating and then that's when you kind of want to throw in the towel and then at that at that point though it's like i have a i personally have a um like a men, like a mental i guess argument with myself of like well i don't want to keep hunting for this stuff but i also don't want the scalpers to win right so right. it's yeah. like it's it's frustrating and at the end of the day like they're toys, right? They're, they're pieces of plastic, but we love them, and they bring us joy for one reason or another, whether it be nostalgia or just we think it's cool, if, even if there's no nostalgia attached to it. But I don't know. I just, uh, at the end of the day, I think they're just, they're there to make us happy. Right. However old we are. Or old at heart. I don't know. So. Are you going to release a three-hour episode? I may cut it up. Okay. That's what we're approaching. Right. I feel bad. <laughs> like, no, it's a no, good conversation. Yeah. Everything's been great. I don't well, know I, mean, we I, I seriously may cut this up to two episodes. Two episodes. Because yeah. we do have a definite cut in, in you know, Star Cruiser, and then we come into this. Mm. This has been 30 minutes. Yeah. This, so it's been, uh, and, um, back half has been 30 minutes. Yeah. we got Alfonso next week. Yeah. Well, we'll push it to a week where we... Or, well, we'll push it for uh, Labor Day or something. Or when we're, like, the week you're out of town or release it in, like, two months. Do you want to pitch your... Uh, well, let me ask let me ask mm. him one question. Yeah. And then we'll pitch it and then we'll close it out. Because what are we at? I think we're close to three hours. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> ten, man. I mean, it's past ten. ten hours. Yeah, we're at three, 33 minutes. Mike, time flies. Uh, because I did, like, where you started. You were like, edit this out. I'm like, no, this is gold. Why am I editing this out? Because you went on the HasLab. And then he went on a tangent. I'm mm. not editing that. That's perfect. That's right. um, Do you, boo? Yeah, man. I thought it went good. Uh, um, for an extra two dollars on the Patreon account, you can hear the rest yeah. of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what pisses me off. It's like, yeah. hey, Patreon, Patreon. I'm like, who the fuck pays for Patreon? Um, as far as when you buy your, what are you finding more success in, or more frustration, or because I'm a guy, I'd rather go buy, find it. I'd rather hunt. I'd yeah. rather the hunt. Versus buying it online like Hasbro Pulse. That's what, old school. Yeah, I'm old school when it comes to buying. What? How do you do it? I, I do a little of column A and a little of column B. Mm-hmm. I love... Because I, I feel like a big part of this comes from the hunt, right? It's called a toy hunt. You go and you seek it out. Like you, You're on a mission to find a certain piece. And then when you find it, like let's say this Bo-Katan right here. Let's say that this was super hard to find... You spent a week looking for it, and then one day you're hanging out with some friends, you grab some lunch, you're having some laughs, you decided to pop into a Walmart, and you found it. So not only did you hunt for it, you kind of like you kind of worked for it, right? Which means that this victory of finding this Bo-Katan figure uh, is a little bit better, right? Like it makes, and you also have a memory behind it now, right? So I also feel that like, yeah, these are pieces of plastic on a shelf. But I might have a story of how I found this one specific figure, and I, rem- I remember that I was with I was with Glenn and Jason, recording this podcast. We had some drinks, and we went into Walmart. Taking it home, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I then then we found this book, right? So yeah. like uh, I think it becomes much more than a piece of plastic. It becomes a memory, right? And uh, I love the idea of the hunt for those memories, but I hate the idea of the hunt because of all of the stuff we were talking earlier like it's hard to find the scalpers etc one one area of the country might get more on the pegs than another area of the country right the distribution so you 
like then you have to hurry up and pre-order because then you might not get it. Um, I will say that I have had a lot of su success on pre-ordering stuff, and if I find it in store, we you know, canceling a pre-order is pretty easy and doesn't really have a lot of repercussions. So you're at least covered one way or the other. Yeah, I, th I think the modern, the state of modern collecting is pre-ordering. You run the risk of not getting something if you don't pre-order it. No, continue what you're saying. I was going to piggyback off what no, you said. No, go ahead. No. That's about it. Can we just talk for a second, just talk about this concept, about pre-ordering a toy. Ten years ago, five years ago, this wasn't even a thing. Right. Right? And, I, and we can expand this to talk from, like, toys. We can talk about movies, CDs. We can talk about video games. Um, whenever well, you, could, you could ten years ago, five years ago, you would pre-order a movie. It would arrive at your Amazon would deliver it the day it was released, right? Guaranteed release, right? So my my buddy Andy, I went to college with this guy, and he's a he does like film and moving picture studies. So he plays a lot of games and he watches a lot of films. Whenever the a specific video game came out on on the di the release day, he walked into a Best Buy and said, "Hey, I'm looking for a copy of this game," and the response he got was, "Well, did you pre-order it?" And he said, no. He's like, well, I only got enough copies to fill my pre-order. He's like, but it came out today. He's like, shouldn't I, like, shouldn't I just be able to walk into a store and buy the thing that came out today? And I can understand pre-order dates on pieces of media like that, like a film, a video game, or an album. Because you don't want that to leak. You don't want people to steal it online. Like, I get that. But the concept of pre-ordering a toy is just really weird to me because that was never a thing until all of us grew up and became adults. In the 90s, in the early 2000s, even like the early 2010s, pre-ordering a toy was just not even a concept. But now it's the only way to get this stuff because the state of collecting had shifted, has shifted so much. They know who they're selling to. They're selling to people in their 30s and their 40s now. And they have the money, and they want to pre-order. But now you have to pre-order it if you guaranteed one. Right. So it's it's. I feel like pre-ordering pre-ordering a toy is a weird concept, but at the same time, I'm backed in a corner because that might be the only way I can get that toy. So are you saying that's a negative, or are you thinking it's a positive? I guess it depends on your outlook. I I I like it because you can you're you're guaranteed it, but I don't like it because I can't walk into a store and find it right. a lot of times. And I I feel like. I mean, we we all have Google. We can all, all Google pictures of what Toys R Us looked like in the 1980s, right? G.I. Joe had a half an aisle, and it's just boxes upon boxes of vehicles, and pegs were just teeming with figures. You don't get that anymore. No. Right? I remember episode one, you'd walk into Toys R Us. They had that front section. Yeah. It was all covered. You would go in the back. They had the full aisle, all Phantom Menace stuff. Obviously, Phantom Menace, they overproduced, and there was a whole crash, and blah, 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 but... Uh, Force Awakens, we were second in line. The manager came out, don't worry, we got enough. You walk in, and it's maybe about, what was it, three by six space mm -hmm. of figures. There was not enough for people in line. And it was just at that point, I'm like, if I need this stuff, I need to pre-order it. Mm -hmm. I need the strong word. If I want this stuff, I need to pre-order it. And I feel like that's probably around the time that that paradigm started to shift. Like, it was probably around the time that Force Awakens started to come out, and they had relaunched the Black Series and stuff like that. Like, I feel like that's probably when people start to go like, oh, I guess I have to do this now if I want this figure. Yeah, right. There's not enough to go around. No. And, uh, which, uh, I, from what I gather, like, 
toy companies will ship like they'll estimate how much they think they can sell and then they'll ship just under that because they don't want to run the risk of stuff hanging out on the pegs and going to clearance because if that's the case then the big box stores won't buy as much of the next wave but if they undership and they sell all that then they're guaranteed to buy that much amount yeah. to put on the pegs the next next go round and they have with rogue one the first release there's three waves mm. and that last third wave was very very difficult the, the 3.5 3.75 to find because of that same mm -hmm. well. <laughs> <laughs> cool well i guess we're gonna yeah call it call it a night because it's, it's late. christmas time wrap it up yeah jordan thanks for joining us yeah thanks for having me yeah, i really nice. appreciate you guys asking it was great to hang out and have a couple drinks three hours yeah, yeah. what are you talking about this was a 20 minute podcast right. Jason yeah, well, this is what 3pm for you you're right. for another 12 hours yeah probably who knows I'm off tomorrow oh awesome I am too I have to go to the I'm going day drinking tomorrow oh, day, day drinking uh, plug your uh, your podcast where people can find you uh, you can find me at a couple of places uh, I do a YouTube vlog uh, and it's called uh, Jordan Gastly. That's G H A S T L Y. Uh, I, I've been doing a lot of toy hunt videos lately. I, it started out as just kind of me with a camera going out and doing something and editing it to a ten-minute video. Um, but in the in the era of COVID, I had to pivot my the content I was making. So I've been doing a lot of action figure content lately. Uh, and then I do a couple of different podcasts. I have a Disney podcast called The Mickey Mutineers that I do with a, a few friends of mine. And then I do a movie podcast with my buddy Ryan called Cinema Showdown, where we make a lot of unrelated movies, uh, battle it out for which one is the better movie. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, you can email us at smugglersgalaxy at gmail.com find us on instagram and facebook y'all have a great rest and of youtube your... now youtube we've got our youtube channel we're gonna start doing some uh 10 minute snippets of episodes so you can see how ugly we are and uh me doing crazy stuff like ripping open a black series bo katan in front of jason who never opens anything or if he opens anything he does it really nice and clean yeah i'm opening opening razor crest and i'll be very careful yeah. i'll keep the box <laughs> So, uh, yeah, y'all have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. And you're clear. You're right. <laughs> that was a good first take, everybody. Yeah. <laughs>